0: The Old Testament lesson is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 42, verses 1 through 9. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed He will not break, and a faintly burning wick He will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till He has established justice in the earth, and the coastlands wait for His law. Thus says God, the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle lesson comes to us from the book of Romans, chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him, by baptism, by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him, For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel appointed for this Sunday is according to the Gospel of St. Matthew, the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And this text will also serve as the basis for the sermon this morning. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. And John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's message is the gospel lesson as I read it to you only moments ago, but I want to highlight these verses. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending upon him like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I'm well pleased. This is our text. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Many years ago, the poet W.H. Auden went into the bar on the 52nd Street in New York City, and he studied the faces of the people who were gathered there, And he turned over his menu, and he wrote these words. Faces cling to their average day. The lights never go out, the music must always play. Lest we should see where we are, lost in a haunted wood, children afraid of the night, who have never been happy or good. Many years later, Auden's menu inscription still serves as an epitaph for many of our days. I mean, how does the French proverb go? Not everyone who dances is happy. For all of our lights and our entertainment and our celebration, we can be lost. We can be haunted. We can be afraid. We can be neither happy nor good. In fact, the pursuit for happiness is often elusive The quest for contentment leaves many people restless, even for many people who profess faith in Jesus Christ. And yet, as God's chosen people, we possess a life that goes way beyond the bar on 52nd Street. How is contentment with oneself and one's life experienced and achieved? How is it possible to have happiness and joy amidst the doldrums and the difficulties of life? The answer to these questions lies in our life as baptized children of God. And that is why I encourage you this morning to celebrate, to celebrate the day that you were baptized. and Celebrate your baptism every day of your life. First, celebrate your baptism because you see it opens heaven to you and to me. That's how it is for Jesus. Jesus is baptized in the Jordan by his cousin John. Matthew tells us that when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him. The heavens were opened to us too when we were baptized in the name of the triune God. Surely our infant eyes, or our adult eyes, if we were baptized as an adult, did not see heaven's hosts celebrating and rejoicing over us. And yet they were. We didn't see the Holy Spirit descend from the sky to rest upon us. And yet he did. It happened nonetheless. The word and water of holy baptism miraculously opened heaven to us making the new heaven and the new earth our eternal home. The door to God and endless peace and happiness is promised to us by our Heavenly Father, and it can never be closed unless we reject God and in unbelief lock ourselves out of eternal life. The fact is that heaven is open to us by virtue of a miracle that God worked in our life when we were baptized. The door to heaven was once bolted shut to us because of our own sin. We were barred from eternal paradise because of our disobedience against God. But Jesus came to this world to unlock heaven's door to us. In Matthew's account of Jesus' baptism, we have this intriguing conversation or exchange of words between John and Jesus. John the Baptist says to Jesus, I need to be baptized by you. But do you come to me? And Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. What Jesus is saying is that he, although he is the sinless one, came to fulfill all righteousness In other words, Jesus came to fulfill the law perfectly on our behalf. He came to take our place on the cross so that we would be spared the wrath of God for our sin. And Jesus knew that this was his purpose in life. And through his baptism, Jesus identified himself as one of us. He placed himself under the law of God. And he perfectly fulfilled it in a way that you and I can never fulfill it. He assumed in himself the curse of our sin. And he was even judged for it. He was condemned for it. He was forsaken by his Father for our sin. But by his perfect life and his death on the cross, we are forgiven of all of our sin. Our sin that once locked us out of heaven no longer does. The perfect life of Jesus and his death on the cross makes all the difference. For it opens heaven's door to us. A four-year-old was watching her baby brother be baptized. And as she observed the baptism, she listened to every single word that the pastor said and she looked at every action that the pastor did and what intrigued her the most was when the pastor made the sign of the cross upon her brother's forehead and chest saying receive the sign of the holy cross both upon your forehead and upon your heart to mark you as one redeemed by Christ the crucified and that little girl she remembered her mother had earlier explained that her brother would be baptized in the exact way that she had been baptized four years earlier And after the family returned to their pew, the little girl was thinking this through. And she was thinking about the sign of the cross upon her forehead and on her heart. And as she was thinking about it, she leaned over to her mother and she whispered in her mom's ear, Is the cross still there? Is the cross still there on my forehead and on my heart? Is the cross still there? For those of us who care to even ask the question, the answer is yes. Jesus says, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. You see, our life on earth is not all that there is. Eternal paradise awaits us. Heaven's door is open to us. Because Jesus Christ died on the cross, shedding his blood for us. And that's the key. That's the key that opens paradise to us. And it's that blessing of paradise that God promises us when we're baptized in his name. And so celebrate. Celebrate your baptism today and tomorrow and forever, for heaven is open to you. But celebrate your baptism for a second reason. Because you see, through your baptism, God gives you the Holy Spirit. Baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River, Jesus sees the Spirit of God descending upon him in the form of a dove. Again, Matthew narrates, Behold, the heavens were opened to Jesus, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. It's the same for us. Through our baptism, God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, comes to rest on us. In fact, the Holy Spirit makes His dwelling within us. Peter proclaims on Pentecost Day. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive, he says, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And who is it that will receive this gift of the Holy Spirit? Peter says, this promise is for you and for your children. And that includes newborns. That includes infants and toddlers. And Paul also says regarding baptism, he says, he saved us. That is, God saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior. And then Paul asks, Don't you know? Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit lives in you? God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. It's a miracle, isn't it? When we're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit descends upon us He rests upon us. He lives within us. And God tells us that that is a guarantee and pledge. That the door of heaven is open to us. In this world we experience, we encounter the sinister schemes of the devil. Daily we experience temptations that are devised by the devil to lead us away from Christ. Christ. Through the power of God's word, the Holy Spirit makes us strong. So that we're able to resist the devil's temptations. And we can see the sinister schemes of the devil for what they are. And we can take preemptive action to thwart the devil's attacks. And one of those preemptive actions that we can take is to remain hydrated. Yes, hydrated at the Johnson Space Center near Houston. A sign warns visitors to keep hydrated. The guide explains that some visitors get sick because they do not drink enough water while they're there to handle being outside in the hot, dry, sunny climate. Keeping hydrated is also good counsel for us as Christians. We need that spiritual renewal and refreshment provided by the water and the word in holy baptism. You see, our baptism is not just something that occurred many years ago in our life when we were baptized maybe as an infant or as an adult. But our baptism is something that we can drink of daily as we confess our sin And remember that in Christ, our sins are forgiven. And even as we hear his word, God's word of forgiveness announced to us, we drink that in and it's like we're being hydrated. For those times when we find ourselves in the deserts of life. Yes, when we remain hydrated by the regenerative waters of holy baptism in his word, then whatever desert we find ourselves in, whether it's a desert of seductive temptation, or it's the desert of insufferable suffering, or it's the desert of excruciating sorrow, or it's the desert of the dullness and drabness of the purposelessness of life, or if it's the desert of confu- confusion concerning our identity, or whatever it might be, We can be assured that the Spirit of God will give us the strength and the faith and the courage and the hope. He'll keep us hydrated, not only to endure and persevere in the desert, but ultimately to triumph and win. Think about it. Didn't Jesus die with these victory words fresh on his lips? It is finished. I have won. I have conquered, I have triumphed, I have prevailed over Satan and sin and death and hell and the grave. And didn't God's beloved Son rise again on that Easter morning to be our death-defying, coffin-conquering Savior? And didn't God give us his beloved Son's good Friday and Easter morning victory when we were baptized in his holy name? And in our baptism, did not the Spirit of God choose to live and dwell in our hearts through his word, guaranteeing us that heaven's door is open to us? Yes, indeed, all of those things have been accomplished by God through Christ Jesus and through the Spirit of the Lord. And so, my friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ, celebrate your baptism today and every day for the Spirit of the Lord lives in you. And celebrate your baptism for a third reason. Our baptism proclaims us to be God's dear children. The voice from heaven said of the baptized Jesus, you are my beloved son. And he is. When we were baptized, did God's voice bellow from the heavens? Not that we could hear. I mean, the Lord's voice sounded more like that of the pastor who pronounced as he poured water over our head, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But it was through that pastor that God the Father said to you and to me, you are my beloved son, or you are my beloved daughter, and I love and I forgive you, and you are mine now and forever. Oh, surely we're not sons and daughters of God in the same way that Jesus is God's Son. I mean, Jesus is uniquely both God and man. As we celebrated during the Christmas season, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Yes, as we celebrated during Christmas, Jesus is the image of God in the flesh. He is the exact representation of God's being. And no one has ever known or seen the true God the way that Jesus has, the Son, the eternal Son of God. In fact, John says, no one has seen God except his only Son, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. By virtue of our Heavenly Father's favor and love, and the saving work of his Son, Jesus Christ, God, adopts you and me into his family. He adopts us into his family as his children. This baptismal reality is essential. It's essential to our ongoing contentment with who we are and the life that God grants to us. This baptismal truth is essential for us to believe and to live by, for even as children of God who have the Spirit of the Lord living in us We're still prone to give in to the temptations of Satan, aren't we? We break our vow of faithfulness to the Lord. And as we do so, then we wonder. We wonder, and maybe we even agonize over the question, does God forgive me? Can he love a repeated sinner like me? And the answer that echoes from the bowl of our baptismal basin is yes. Yes, God continues to love repeated sinners like you and me. For his son died for repeated sinners like you and me. The baptismal bowl reminds us that we are God's beloved sons and daughters because his son, Jesus, his eternal son, lived his life for you and me. A man's name was mistakenly printed in an obituary column of a local newspaper. He was, declared to no longer be, he was declared no longer to be alive. He hurried down to the newspaper office and he complained to the editor. This is a terrible mistake, he said. I'm going to be embarrassed and I'll probably even lose some business because you've announced that I've died. How could you do this to me? Well, sir, I'm sorry, the editor explained. It was a mistake, and certainly not intentional. But the man could not be consoled, and he continued to rave about the injustice of it all. And finally, the editor said, Cheer up, and look at the good side of this. Tomorrow I'll put your name in the birth announcements, and you can have a fresh start at life. That is what happened at our baptism we received a fresh start at life. And as we remember and relive our baptism daily, as we repent of our sin and apply God's forgiveness to ourselves, we receive another and another and another and another fresh start at life. I think that's why it is that Martin Luther says that when you rise in the morning that you remember your baptism. That you make the sign of the cross and you begin your day in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Because through it, God reminds you that you're beginning a fresh start on this day. And you can go forth in life knowing that you are a redeemed child of God. And so celebrate. Celebrate your baptism. Because it proclaims you to be a child of God. Oh, yes, we will have many average days. We will experience many mundane and ordinary days. We will even experience days and months in which we're haunted, in which we feel like we're a lost and afraid person. There'll be days where we're neither happy nor good. That's the way it is when you live in a fallen world. That's the way it is when you struggle with your sinful nature. But, but, when we remember that in our baptism, God opens heaven to us. And when we remember that in our baptism, God gives us the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit lives in us. And when we remember that in our baptism, that God our Father proclaims us to be His sons and daughters then we have reason. We have reason to sing a new song to the Lord, to worship, to celebrate, to love, to laugh, to enjoy life, to serve, As to serve our living Lord, in whose name we are baptized, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.